Welcome my wonderful bucket list traveler friends. My name is Anna Hilario. I'm on a crazy journey to achieving my biggest life goal of living in seven countries with my husband and four-year-old daughter. Crazy, perhaps, but as they say, you only live once, but you only die once and you get the chance to live every single day. So why not fill your life with many adventures? So one day you can look back and say, I can't believe I did that. I'm here to share with you my story, the ups and downs of my journey so far, and the tips and tricks I've learned along the way, as well as interviews with my inspirational friends, in the hope that some aspect may resonate with you and inspire you to finally achieve your bucket list dreams. So my question is, what's stopping you from living the life you truly want and chasing your bucket list dreams? Welcome back, my bucket list traveller friends, and a special shout out to my friends in Sydney. Can't believe it's been nearly a year since we left to move to New Zealand. So I hope you're all settling in and getting into the swing of things, and I hope 2022 has been kind to you so far. If you haven't yet listened to my first episode, grab a coffee, tea, or perhaps a beer or wine, and listen in as I explain my journey from a small town Portuguese girl to being an immigrant with my parents in Australia and then moving to London for love, which then led my husband and I to start our journey of living in seven countries. So I'm the type of person that makes lists for everything and I really like planning things. Yes, I'm a bit of a nerd. Um, I like organising things from birthday parties to Christmas parties, from my big Portuguese wedding to all of our relocations so far. Yes, it sure can be overwhelming at times, and I'm going to be honest, I do question whether we're just a bit too crazy to be doing this. But I always just try to break everything down into small practical steps. When we uh, started moving countries, I started Googling a lot, obviously, about what we needed to sort out as I didn't want to forget anything. But I always found it was a bit just a basic checklist. I mean, it's a good starting point, don't get me wrong, but I... It just didn't feel like it was relevant to our situation, especially with our latest move to New Zealand with uh, my daughter and now Labrador. The checklists were just that type of one-size-fits-all and it didn't really go into detail about the different options or things that you actually need to work through. So I basically had to think through and brainstorm everything, each element, and then plan accordingly. In this episode, I'm going to provide you with all the detailed practical things you need to work through and organize, including some questions for you to ponder and some tips that I've learnt from our experience. Uh, this is obviously a lot to work through, but having a solid plan does take away some of that stress and it makes room for all that excitement that comes from relocating. But my biggest tip before we get started is don't put too much pressure on yourself with a big move. If you think it's too much relocating permanently, then why not move for one or two years? It's all achievable if you do the right planning. I just wouldn't recommend moving for less than 12 months as it does take a while to settle in. So you need to give it some time and it is expensive. So you need to make it, make it worth it. But if you've ever dreamed about living in a different country or city, this is for you. I'm sure there are a lot of you that have had this little or big desire for a while now. And with all the craziness of this pandemic that never seems to end, that desire is probably even stronger. So grab a pen, 
notebook and maybe a strong coffee as I will run through a lot of practical things to think about when relocating. Where do you want to live? Well, this is clearly the first thing you need to really think about and do lots of research. This will impact timing of your actual move and help you then work backwards from that and what you need to do from now until you need to set well, until you set foot in the new country or city. So firstly, what are you seeking by moving to a new country? Is it for better career or work opportunities? A new experience? To be with the love of your life? New culture? A beach lifestyle? More nature? City lifestyle? You need to be clear on why you are moving. This will really help you decide and weigh up your pros and cons of each, I guess, place that you're considering. And does that country you're thinking about require a visa? Does your current citizenship or passport allow you to move there without a visa? What is the work situation like over there? Do you work in an industry that enables you to move and work in a different country? So, for example, if you're a lawyer or an engineer or even an accountant like I was, you might need to sit local exams to get the required qualifications to work in your industry in that country. So definitely something to take into account. And does that country have decent healthcare? Is it free or paid? Do you have um, do you have to have private health care and what is the cost of that? You really need to take all of that into account and factor that into your, I guess, rough budget for your expected expenses, um, but also what you think you might be expected to earn. Lots of research around that too. Is the country and city safe or the area that you're going to live in? Definitely research, research, research. I decided to move to London as my husband and I um, didn't need a visa and that was the only place that made sense at the time for us because we were doing a long-distance relationship when Caesar was in Portugal and I was in Australia. When we decided to move to Sydney and um, I guess we were ready to start a family and wanted to get a dog and have a bit of that beach lifestyle, especially after the the miserable London weather. Um we needed to start applying for the visa and work out what was required. So once you've decided on where to live, that's going to really help you uh, work out what steps are required. So visas, like I mentioned before, if you don't need a visa because of your citizenship or passport, that's great news because that's one less step. And that usually means you can get there quicker because you didn't have to wait. But just make sure your passport and any identity cards are still valid and have at least six months remaining from the date you expect to arrive in that country. It's going to be a pain uh, to get that renewed really quickly um, if it expires really soon, especially now with the pandemic. And if you do need a visa, start the paperwork to get that process moving as soon as possible. Visas generally take quite a while to get approved and depending on the country and their process it could take a year or more especially now with that with silly pandemic so make sure you've done all your research completed any necessary paperwork and the application correctly because you don't want to be caught out with missing some information or um, documentation when we applied for the Australian visa for Caesar at the time they estimated about eight to ten months So we really factored that into our plan when we were leaving London and we did have a plan B just in case it hadn't been approved by the time we arrived in Sydney, given that you need to enter on the visa that you're going to be living there. 
So the next element um, that you need to really uh, work through is cost and budget. Because I'm not going to lie to you, moving countries is really expensive and there are so many things to take into account. You need to factor in everything from flights, shipping costs, money to get you set up, if you're going to buy a car and all of that kind of logistics. And then work out in terms of shipping. Um, it all comes down to how much stuff you actually want to take with you from furniture, clothing, electrical, fridges and all of that stuff and where you are moving from and to. So can you actually pack up all your things and put it on a truck rather than on a container? Um, that will be quicker, uh, potentially quite a bit cheaper too. Will you be selling all your stuff and then buying new or secondhand things in the new place? You really need to take into account all those costs and have some savings, not only for the cost of relocating, but also in terms of jobs, are you going to have something lined up from when you arrive? Or are you going to start searching when you get there? So you need to have some money to get you through at least a couple of months or more um, to cover your living expenses because you never know how long uh, job searching could take. But I'll go into the jobs in a second. But as I said before, all the planning does come down to a lot of research, knowing what's involved, all the pros and cons and start saving as soon as you can to take a bit of that financial stress away. When it comes to jobs in Korea, I feel like I could do a whole episode just on this. Not that I'm um, a coach or anything, but there's just so many things to think about. But also, don't feel like you need to be stuck in the same career. Like career changes are scary, but they're also quite exciting. And they do open so many doors and opportunities and new experiences. So you need to factor in the type of job that you're currently doing and what you might or consider doing in the new country. If you have a degree, research whether or not is um, it's recognised in that new country. Uh, and if you need to do any further qualifications or exams, and what are the costs of these, the timing, can you actually start doing these before you move to help, I guess, speed up that process? Speaking from experience, Caesar had to go through this long painful and very expensive process just to get his Portuguese engineering qualifications recognised in London and it's all part of the EU. I know it was pre-Brexit but still. So I'd recommend trying to get some interviews lined up uh, even before you make the move as early as possible ideally because recruitment always takes time and if you can get that process started early or even get a job lined up before you arrive it's going to be so much less stressful and it will really help with the financial aspect of getting set up and getting, I guess, bank accounts, your rental or if you want to buy a house. Everything kind of depends on having a job or having some income. So make sure your CV and LinkedIn account are all up to date when you start the job searching. And I guess if you work for an international company, just ask your boss to see if there's an option to get transferred with work. Because remember, if you don't ask, the answer is always going to be no. So work out when you're expecting of leaving, how much notice you need to give to your current employer, kind of build in um, all of that into your plan. So house and living. So if you're renting, kind of work out how much notice you need to take into account um, in terms of the move, the visas, if you need one, and get ready to start 
cleaning and prepping the house for all the inspections when they start. If you own your place, decide what you're going to do with your house or apartment. If you're going to rent it out or if you're going to sell it. Depending on what the market's like, you probably, if you want to sell it, get it on the market as soon as possible just so you're not stuck with that additional burden or thing hanging over you. Um, And whether you're going to sell or not, you need to start or rent it out. Uh, I recommend getting professional photos taken as soon as possible so that they're at least done and you'd have to stress about that last minute. We finally bought our first property in Sydney uh, quite a few years ago and decided we were going to rent it out when we left. So I had professional photos taken as soon as we decided we wanted to move to New Zealand. Yes, I'm a planner. So I did a massive deep clean, tidy the whole house, uh, basically to hide any evidence of a toddler tornado going through it constantly. And although we were still waiting for the borders to New Zealand or, or New Zealand borders to open, at least we had the photos ready to go and we already had a real estate agent lined up. Shipping, the exciting part. So as I said before, work out what you want to do with all your stuff. It's really a good chance to go through everything, declutter, donate, get rid of things that you don't need or want anymore. And what will you do with all your furniture and clothing? Are you going to ship everything over? Are you going to sell them and then buy new stuff over there? Or you put things into storage and only take a little bit? Or just sell up everything, get rid of everything and only take the bare necessities and start properly fresh in the new place. So we decided to ship most of our things um, as for us it would work out cheaper to ship rather than getting a little bit of money I guess because you never really get that much from selling used stuff and then buying new or secondhand stuff in New Zealand. So that was kind of better option for us but get lots of quotes and do research about each shipping company. Do Read through all the reviews. That's really important. So you don't want to be stuck with a, a dodgy shipping company, things go missing, are broken. And on that note, make sure you factor in and get insurance to cover all your stuff. It's always better to be safe than sorry. So if you have pets, it's just a few more things to factor in. And it does get a little bit more expensive, I'm not going to lie. But they're part of the family. So you have to bring them, don't you? Make sure your pet has all its vaccinations up to date. Research whether or not they need any extra vaccinations for the country you're moving to. Make sure they're all chipped uh, and you've got um, all their certificates. Make sure you understand if there's any restrictions on the, I guess, the type of pet or animal that you're um, relocating because they might need to quarantine and what those costs are and timing, how long that's going to take. And if you're planning a little uh, in-between holiday, once you leave your current country to the new place, work out what you're going to be doing with a pet and what's the timing of your holiday, any quarantine, travels, and whether or not you're going to have some boarding um, required. Keep in mind, um, some or most transport, pet transport companies might include a couple of days of free boarding in their quote. So that might help, I guess, when you're planning, but also save a few dollars um, with that because it all counts, doesn't it? So we managed to get a little discount for our Labrador when we moved to New Zealand as the shipping company had a partnership um, discount with the pet relocation company. It wasn't much, but it does add up. Children. If you're relocating with children, good on you. 
I think it is the best thing for them, for you. Yes, it's a bit more expensive, more headaches, more stressful, but it gives them so much like experience and food for the soul. It really does help open their minds up to this crazy world we live in. But you, you need to factor in um, their ages and where they're at um, in school because you want to, I guess, cause as little disruption as you can to their schooling and education. Relocation is a big thing no matter the age. So take into account the, the school year when that starts or the term starts in the new country so you can minimise a bit of that dis- um, disruption to their schooling. I would recommend moving just before the school year starts, before all the kids have formed or their little circle of friends. Cause it's always hard being the new kid at school, especially halfway through the year. In my case, when we moved here, Eva was only three, so she was still at um, kind of daycare preschool. Um, so it didn't really impact her as much. But if you're moving to a different hemisphere or continent, there's usually a bigger impact on schooling because they do start... Um, at different times of the year. Uh, down here in Australia and New Zealand, school year starts kind of January, February. I know in Portugal it starts around September, August, September time. Um, and I'm assuming the States is something similar. So take that into account. But also have a <laughs> research again. Research all the types of schools and what you actually want for your kids. Is it a public school, a private school, a Catholic school? Uh, it's perhaps a good idea to actually get in touch with the schools before you move so you can get a bit more um, extra information from them and kind of suss out whether or not they might be a good fit for your kids and also schedule a bit of an orientation or um, kind of meet and greet for when you first get there to really understand if uh, it's a good fit. So a little bit more admin. Make a list of all the direct debits and things coming out of your bank account. These can be utilities, app memberships or things like that that you might need to cancel um, so you don't get caught out and cancel your phone contract close to as close to um, as you can to the date that you're leaving and perhaps get a prepaid for a month or so. That's what we did. And then um, buy a local SIM card when you get to the airport at the new country. So this will save you money on international roaming but at least then you have a prepaid SIM card ready to go when you leave the airport. So you can access Google Maps, you can work out where to go, make any phone calls, and it'll give you a bit of time to then set up a proper a proper phone account. Another thing that's I recommend is getting your mail redirected. Um, so that perhaps that's using a family member or a close friend. Um, but if you're renting out your house, you could maybe use your real estate agent. That's what we've done. So you, just to make sure that you don't miss out on any important mail that might be delivered that you've forgotten to um, notify them that you're leaving. Okay, so the time has finally come to moving. So you've got everything sorted. Your visa's been approved. You know where you're going. And now the exciting part of booking your flights and packing your bags. This is really, really exciting and perhaps a bit overwhelming and surreal. Maybe organise a going away party too, because who knows if, you know, you're planning on only going for a year or two, it might turn into 10 plus years. You don't know. And it's just a good reason to have a little party, assuming there's no restrictions and um, group gatherings where you're currently living, if you're moving now. Um, Given we're still, I guess, 
well and truly in the middle of this global pandemic. I'm assuming you might need to get a negative COVID test before you board that flight. So get that sorted so you've got some time to get the results if you're not using those rapid tests. So some practical things to carry with you when you're packing your bags and especially for those first few days when you arrive in the new place. Obvious one, your passport. But make sure it has at least six months um, validation from the date you expect to arrive in the new country. Driver's license. Research whether uh, your country's driver's license is recognised in the new country so you can drive. Otherwise, you might need to, you might need to get an international uh, driver's licence before you leave. Uh, when I moved to London, I got one sorted in Australia, um, although I didn't really drive in London. But still, I had it. We did a few road trips um, and it was useful to have. Take with you any birth, marriage, religious certificates. Uh, this is going to help you with a number of different things as well as getting your kids set up for school. How long does your shipping container, if you have one, um, take to arrive at the new place? Uh, ours was delayed by months, um, which was so, so tough for us here in New Zealand, especially with the cold weather and not having any of our clothes, our furniture, we're sleeping on the floor for a few months. That was tricky. Another episode for you. <laughs> so make sure that you've got the right clothing for the season. And if you're moving continents or hemispheres, that's usually something to take into account because when we moved from Sydney, it was quite warm. And when we arrived in New Zealand, it was already quite cold and winter hadn't even started. So make sure you've got some layers, some jackets um, to get you through until your things arrive or factor in having to buy a few things to get you through until that arrives. And if you've got young kids or babies, so make sure you've got enough nappies, wipes, all those fun things to get you um, through the first few days until you find your local supermarket. So you're not in a mad rush to find nappies or wipes last minute or in the middle of the night. So pack just in case. Um, pack some practical things like power adapters, chargers, your laptop, anything like that. Maybe a hair straightener, one of those travel ones, also a good idea. I meant hair dryer, not straightener, sorry. Um, medications. Are you currently taking any regular medications? Might be worth stocking up for a month or two until you find your local doctor um, or GP. Just be careful because there could be some restrictions in some countries and it might be illegal to take um, certain medication or the quantity. So just Research that and make sure you're prepared. And then take some toys, books, pens, entertainment for your young kids or whatever age they are and for you too. Um, and perhaps their favourite cuddly or blanket to help them settle in, not only on the plane but in the new place too. And if you've got a pet, take some dog or cat food or anything else. Um, just make sure you declare it and it has the original labels on it and it's still sealed because customs in some countries are very strict and you don't want to be getting a fine for not declaring. So now you've arrived in the new place, your new country, you've finally done it. Now the craziness of setting up starts, but it's all really exciting. So firstly, it's where you're going to be staying or living. For me, I do recommend staying in an Airbnb hotel or a camper van like we did the first week or two. It just really helps take away a bit of that pressure. 
gives you some time to find a place to live um, and I would recommend renting a place to start with just so you get a feel for all the different areas, um, especially if you're staying in an Airbnb, it would be good if you could actually stay in the area that you're at least close to where you're thinking of um, living to see if it's suitable for you, your family, but also take into account some countries have um, like school zones. So if you know what kind of school or the school that you want to put your kids in, make sure that you're looking at the right areas in that zone. Also, what kind of lifestyle are you wanting in the new place? Do you want something that's close to the beach, close to schools, close to the city or your work, close to transport if you're thinking of using transport to get to work, all of that. And if you're thinking of um, or planning on buying a house or an apartment, I still think it's better to rent somewhere in the area that you're thinking of buying just to get a real feel for the area and see if it's the right fit. Uh, renting or buying a place generally requires at least one of you, if you're moving with a partner, to have a job to guarantee that you can pay the rent or mortgage. So, yeah, a lot to think about. So, job, obviously, this is a big one. Make sure you start that kind of job searching as soon as possible. I would recommend doing it before you leave. Um, but if you don't, reach out to agencies and start the recruitment process as soon as you um, arrive in the new place because it will really help with setting up all the bank accounts and everything else um, yeah so bank accounts and utilities it sounds like a simple thing but many countries uh, actually have a requirement that you have a job before opening one up utilities just the same so if you're thinking of only staying um, in a new country for a year or two or, or less don't get locked into two-year contracts for um, internet or electricity just because it's a little bit cheaper. You want that flexibility. Otherwise, you would have to pay out the rest of the contract, which is really expensive. So might as well just pay that extra few dollars a month um, and have a year or no contract. Tax number. Uh, it's usually straightforward from experience. Uh, it does depend on the type of work contract you might get. So you might need to be set up um, as a contractor or a thing like that. And that obviously affects the amount of pay, uh, tax you pay. But it's usually quite straightforward. It's usually online. You do have to upload um, some documents just confirming your citizenship and things like that or visas. Another thing that I would recommend is joining your local Facebook community page. It's good for asking questions, but also hearing about any events and things that are happening locally. Um, any updates, like here in Christchurch, we get a few earthquakes, which is quite surreal. But just knowing um, what's happening, what to do, uh, and asking questions and any tips and tricks from locals is really nice. And also meeting new people. And finally... Enjoy the incredible experience of living in a different country, meeting new people from different walks of life and really immersing yourself in that new culture. Trust me, you grow so much as a person and you're really going to kick yourself and regret not making that move or living abroad dream a reality. Okay, so I hope this episode showed you all the things to think about and the practical steps you need to take when it comes to moving countries. The next step picking your dream city to live in and starting your plan for your big move. Remember, a goal without a plan is just a dream. 
You only get the chance at this incredible thing called life once. So go out there and experience what the world has to offer and make your bucket list dreams a reality. I hope there were some golden nuggets for you in this episode of Bucket List Traveller. Use these to kickstart and fuel your passions and dreams. So what is one practical thing you can do in the next two days to get you that one step closer to achieving something on your bucket list? If you're enjoying listening to my Bucket List Traveller podcast, I'd be so incredibly grateful if you can leave me a review and let your friends know about it too. So until next time, stop dreaming about your bucket lists and go out there and live them. Bye.